in order for me to live my vision, it only costs me this much. So I, I don't need to make $10 million a year to live my vision. I only need this much. So now I'm like, okay, well, if I want to live my vision more than I want to tell everybody that I make $10 million a year, then, well, then I just, first I have to focus on this number. And that was it. And then I was like, okay, well, if I already have this number, then I can make necessary changes in my business immediately. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, our loyal listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Azria Show. I am your host, Marcus Maloney, and we have our executive director and co-host, Mike Delpreet. How are you, Mike? Wonderful. Excited to be here. Excellent. Excellent. And before we get started, we're going to make sure Mike get his juices flowing, make sure he get his excitement up. Mm -hmm. Mike, you got your coffee? You saw me just sip it. You know, All right. There this we is go. a podcast. Okay. So Mike got his coffee. So in next 10, 15 minutes, he his juices will get going. But what I want you guys to do before we get started is if you're watching this on YouTube, click the subscribe button. We want you to subscribe. That way you can get the information on a weekly basis. This podcast comes out every week. And not only that, we do a lot of things in between the week. That way you can get great content from us. So without any further delay, right? Today we have Sean McCloskey and he has a very special friend with him, Ron Phillips. And Sean, if you do not know, Sean is all about vision works, goal setting, getting your mind right. And that way you can execute and perform at a high level. So Sean, man, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me out here again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's been a couple of years, but guys, what I want you to do is if you don't know much about Sean, you can go to our prior episode, episode 14, where we kind of dig into Sean and his background and everything like that. But what we want to do today is we want to exemplify the results of everything that Sean teaches, right? Because we don't like to just teach and say, go out and do. We like to show you the results of the actions that was taken. So that's why we have our very special guest, Ron, here on today. Ron is going to be our resident expert of the results that Sean teaches, right? So Sean, Happy give us here. just a, thank you, thank you, Ron. <laughs> Sean, give us a brief little background, right, about, who you are, what you do, very, very brief, because they can always go to episode 14. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so what I'm coming in to do is to help people do two things. Number one, get their personal vision figured out for what they want their life to look like, uh, what they would love their life to look like. Number two is to get your business vision figured out so you know what your business vision wants to look like, and then marry the two together. So you've got a really profitable business that you can do, not in 80 hours a week, but one that gives you enough time left over to actually have a life in the process. And that's what a lot of people tend to screw that up, especially when you're getting started in business. Even those that have been around for many years, you know, they'll they'll pursue business in the hopes that one day business will give them freedom. And oftentimes the business is the very thing that takes it away from them. So mm -hmm. I decided since I'm coming in town here, 
I was just thinking about how cool it would be to share some real life examples from people who've gone through this process that all of you are going to go through here when I'm in town in a couple of weeks and see real life results from that. So I brought in Ron Phillips. Ron was at the one of our events actually that we did with you guys in Phoenix, but it's been, gosh, six, seven years ago now. And so I wanted to bring him on board and share some of what's worked and some of the struggles that he's had along the way and all that stuff. To give you an idea, Ron Phillips, who is with us, has been a great friend of mine ever since that event. I've watched him, who was already fairly doing well in business, but I've watched him take his business and just skyrocket it to another le another level. But I've watched him do that more importantly while having a life in the process, and he's done it really, really well. So coming from a guy who, this, this dude's flipped 800 houses in a year, so he knows business inside and out. Wow. And then when you combine that with what he's now implemented in his life and his business vision, it's just remarkable. So Ron, welcome, man. I'm going to spotlight you more than uh, talk yapping about me on this one. Yeah, it's 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 fun to be on. From my wife and I were in that event, and <laughs> I so I I've actually known you longer than that event. Is if you remember, I met you at another mastermind, and then I signed up for your speaking event, and it yeah. was from your speaking event that I joined your mastermind without even having been to a meeting. And then the first meeting where I actually saw all of this unfold was in Arizona and was with my wife and it was, it was life-changing. So, and Sean and I have been friends ever since, very, very close friends. And I've appreciated everything I've learned. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. So happy to be here. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Nice. Wow. Well, so, tell us I mean, about it, Ron. I don't, you guys jump in anytime you want, but I, yeah, you know, I know Ron's ahead, story inside now. So tell us a little bit about you, what it is that you do, what your family life looks like. Give us a little overview. Who, who the heck is Ron Phillips and why should anybody even pay attention today? Yeah. So my, I, I run a, I want to run a turnkey sales uh, business. We're, we're in 10 States. We usually, we usually sell somewhere between 500 and, and seven or 800 houses a year. And in addition to that, I own a bunch of properties myself. And then I have, I started a tech company that we're running right now. And I have a gorgeous wife who I already mentioned, who's my best friend. We hang out all the time. People are like, are you guys ever like not together? The answer is mm -hmm. very rare. It's very rare that we're not together. I really, really love that about my life. I have three amazing kids. I have a grandson that's new this year. And wow, uh, okay. just Man. in case anybody out there actually wanted to know, being a grandparent <laughs> is the greatest thing ever. It's, it's amazing. Love that little kid. And, uh, so that's pretty young I'm, I'm, for you to be 28 years old and have a grandkid. I know. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know. And I lost my hair when I was 14. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you look way older than that, but still, it's still pretty young. <laughs> well, I have to dye this to make it look, <laughs> to look know, sophisticated. Like that. yeah. That's right. All right, man. So multiple companies at this point. So tell us a little bit, I'm, I'm going to rewind a bit and tell us. So when, when you and I first met, there was something about the vision process that intrigued you, but it was, even though you'd been doing business for a while at that point, you'd run multiple companies by then, that was sort of a different way of thinking for you at the time. So describe that a little bit. What what happened the first day that we were at the event and what what all was going through your mind? Yeah, so I was I was already kind of seeking something like this when I, when I first heard you speak, which I think was in California. And it was because of what had happened. Like I'd, I'd, I had built a business up with a partner and then I had a, a really nasty partnership dissolution. And, and I was starting over with literally nothing. 
And well, that's not true. I mean, I had all of the business experience and all that stuff, but $0. And I had just gotten really kicked in the gut. I went from supposed to have a seven figure buyout to, you know, paying to leave, which I mean, it was just a wow. real, real joke of a deal. And so that's kind of where I was at. And I knew that I wanted to build this in a different way because I had missed, I missed so much of my kids growing up and here I have, I'm starting over again. And this time I was like, man, how can I build a business where I don't have to be on the road? I was literally on the road three quarters of the month. And when I was home, I was dead tired. So I really wasn't even home. And a bunch of entrepreneurs out there are going to recognize this. It's, it's, a, it's mm -hmm. kind of a staple. And some people wear it as a badge of honor. I didn't wear it as a badge of honor. I, I didn't like it. And mm -hmm. I wanted to do something different. And then Sean spoke and he talked about this whole vision thing. And I was like, well, that makes so much sense. Create a personal vision. Because I had made tons of business visions. I had spent countless hours building out the goals for my businesses. I had never thought once about what I want my actual life to look like because my life revolved around my businesses, period, like hard stop. And so when I heard him speak, I was like, oh, this is, I mean, it's like the perfect time because I had made some money in my new business and I was ready for like, how do I do this thing where I can actually have a life now? And then I met Sean. So Awesome. Which is interesting, man, because a lot of people do that where they go, th there's this mentality of someday when the business is up and where it needs to be in that regard, then I can go do whatever I want. Yeah. And I'm kind of touting a little bit different message. It's like, no, d let's figure out what you want now. And let's also design the business in a way that allows you to do that now, not not waiting until 20 or 30 years from now. And, and Ron, to your point, so many think, people think that that's the way to go and that when the business is successful, then I'll have the more time. But in your case, you did build something rather large and through, you know, maybe there's some fault of your own, but I was going to say through no fault of your own, things didn't go as planned and the partnership ended up breaking up. And so now you've sacrificed all of that for what? It's like- Nothing. For nothing. For nothing. And now you're that starting That was the real kick over. in the gut, Sean, is yeah. that I woke up the day after all of that happened, well, that's not true. We fought for eight months. I woke up the day after eight months after fighting for eight months and paying attorneys. And I was like, I just literally lost seven years of my life. Yeah. It is gone. I will never get it back. And it literally was for negative. I had to pay, right? And so financially, that's what everybody thinks. It's this if-then statements, and if-then statements never work out. And I remember, I tell people all the time, I remember in my life when I was I first married, and I thought, man, if I could just make $50,000 a year, I, I, could, mm -hmm. I could do this or that or whatever, right? And I remember when I hit 50, nothing changed except for the number. I was like, yeah. man, now if I could just hit six figures, everything's going to change. And I can tell you, it doesn't matter if the number is a half a million, if the number is a million, it doesn't make any difference because if you launch out and the only if then statement is, if I have more money, then this is going to happen for me. I promise you the only thing that's going to change is the number. So, so I have, I have two, two perspective 
potential people listening right now, there's probably that new person that's like looking to start their business, right? And they hear what you were saying, right? Grind yep. it out, working 100 hours a week kind of thing. And my question is, so they can jump into this new business of real estate investing with the vision up front and not actually experience potentially these heartache or these rough times we've been through, right? But then the second person I would say is, you know, someone that's in the business, they're making money and they're like, no way, I got to be here. If I want it done right, I got to do it myself attitudes, right? So it's like, so right. can you both speak to each one of them? Yeah, happy to, because I've been both of those people and I've been both of those people twice now. So actually probably three or four times if we're all being honest, but I started with literally, I was the guy who went to the seminar, who learned how to do this. And I put the seminar on a credit card that wasn't even mine because I didn't have one that had the, the money on it. That's who the, okay. that's who you're looking yep. at right now. And to make matters worse, when I turned in my first deal to the company that was supposed to like pay for, you know, in, do the investment and I did the work, they denied my first deal. And then I went and did it on my own and never looked back. So in the beginning of a business startup, you have to work hard. There's no, no, anybody who tells you, you don't have to work hard is lying to you. It's, it, you do have to work hard, but I wish that I had known about the personal vision piece and the business vision piece first, because what would have happened is I wouldn't have made the same mistakes that I didn't even realize were mistakes when I built the business the first time, because part of the challenge that my business partner and I were having is that I was doing all of the work. I was the guy traveling and I was exhausted. And I was exhausted because I just thought that's, you just did what you had to do because that's yeah. how I started in business. And that's how I ended that business. But that isn't, there's a season. If you do it right, there's a season and it should be a short ish season where you have to work really hard. But if you don't have a vision of what you want your life to look like, then the only thing you think about is business, then it will eat your life. That is what will happen. I've seen it happen to thousands of people. Um, and it happened to me. And the only reason that it changed is because I got clarity on how I want my life to work. Once the clarity happens, it's amazing how quickly you can transform a business to support the life that you want to live. But if you don't have it, if there's no clarity, then the business just takes on a, a life of its own and it owns you. And that's what happened to me. And that's what happens to thousands of people that I know. You yeah, know, and to be clear, I want to talk about that a little bit. What What's the difference in, so some people hear this, especially newer people hear this and they tend to go, well, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to do it that way. And then experienced people tend to hear this if they've had any kind of burnout then they'll they'll hear this and they'll be a little bit more receptive to it the challenge is when somebody doesn't even know it's an issue and so yeah. and this this we see all the time too as ron where somebody goes no 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 that's i'm i'm not going to have to worry about that or i'm doing stuff different or this this is just a season for me and it's already been going on 6 years and so or or somebody who also might say no 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 but i love work i love what i do and so <laughs> i want to address that real quick and i want to talk 
about how you make decisions with that. But real quick before we do, so when I come in town, I'm going to be covering, there's, there's four steps to all of this and I'll cover them in great detail. The first one is establishing your vision in the first place. So even making decisions in your business, if you don't, if you don't have a business vision at the forefront of your decision-making, let's say goals are the forefront of your decision-making. And so you're making all decisions so that you can hit your goals and your vision is not crystal clear yet. You will do things like that, that sacrifice a lot of other things that you say you care for in an attempt to hit the goal. So goal setting is never first and foremost, the first step ever, but yet that's what almost everybody does. Cause that's what we've yep. been taught. So you got to back up a little bit and, and when your vision's crystal clear, now that consists of a whole bunch of different things. Like, you know, what do you want to do, for example, on a daily basis? What would, what really fits into your unique God's gifting? What are you really, really good at? What should you never do? Cause you suck at it and it takes you 30 times longer than somebody who's good at it. So all kinds of questions that goes into this, but Ron, talk a little bit about the difference between making decisions based off a spreadsheet versus making a decision based off your vision. Cause you've done a lot of that. And I'm not sure if we should back up and talk about how challenging the, the vision process was even for you in the beginning before you get there. But I'll, yeah, I'll let from we probably on. should, because that that actually informs the second piece, right? Mm -hmm. Because you said something like, I don't remember who said it, but some, somebody said something about, well, I, I, I love business. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. what business owner doesn't love business? I mean, the crappy ones, I guess, don't. But if you've got a marginally successful business, you love it because it gives you quote unquote freedom. But the reality of the situation is that if all you love is business, you don't have any freedom because you've filled all of your time with business. And when I, I had done that for so many years, by the time I got to the event in Arizona, that when, so it's really funny because the room was full. I don't remember how many people were there, but the room was packed with people. About 120 that back then. Yeah. yeah. And so Sean's up on stage and he's talking, now I know Sean, I'm in his mastermind group. So I have a little bit different connection with him than, than everybody in the room but I have never heard this presentation that he's doing or this, this three day. And so he's going through this vision process. My wife and I are sitting there and we have our workbooks out and Sean's asking these questions that are thought provoking. We're supposed to just like kind of word puke all over the page and just start making all this stuff that we're supposed to like really want. And Sean's like, one of the first questions he, he does is like, like wants, like what are the things that you want? Like, what are the things you really want? And he starts talking about the different things that maybe people would want so that it triggers people to start thinking about things that they can put on their paper. And I just sit there and everybody in the room is head down, pen in hand, writing feverishly. I mean, they're just writing stuff out. Right. And I am sitting there going, what the hell do I want? Like, I don't know. And because I was financially successful enough that if I wanted a thing, I could have had the thing and I had already had a bunch of things. So I didn't, that's, I didn't really, I mean, like, you know, I think one of the things was said was like, you want a Bentley, put the, put down, you're like, I don't want a Bentley, right? If I wanted a Bentley, I'd have a Bentley. I don't want a Bentley. Mm -hmm. And so I had never thought through, it was like the second and third one, like, what do you like to do? And, and I'm, he instructed us, we can't write business. So now I'm like, well, I don't even know what to put on my paper. <laughs> so I remember I got up, everybody's writing and I got up and I went up to the front because I knew Sean would talk to me because I'm his mastermind group. And I said, dude, <laughs> I don't know what to put on my paper. I feel like a failure. Like everybody's writing and I have nothing to write on my paper. He goes, well, what do you like to do? I said, business. I don't know what else to put on my paper. That's what I do. I'm good at business. And Sean's like, but, but if you didn't do business, what would you do? 
I don't know. That's the point. Like, I don't know. He goes, well, what would, what did you used to like to do? I'm like, in high school? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I do business. <laughs> it was so ingrained in everything I did. It was my identity. It was everything. And this is the problem, right? Is that business owners who don't think that that's a problem, they're the people who need the 12-step program because it's a problem. Those same business owners, me included, go to mastermind groups and go to, you know, RIAs and things like that. And they say, yeah, I'm doing, if asked, why are you doing all this stuff? Well, I'm doing this for my family. Really? I mean, are you really? Because if I were really doing this for my family, at some point I would show up at home and be there for my family, right? Except for I was on the road three quarters of the month, folks. I And when I was home, I was dead. I, I wasn't doing this for my family. If I'm being honest, I was doing it for my ego. And I was doing it because I thought that was the only thing you could do with business is just work your face off all the time. The reality is after a little bit, I started to kind of open up and go, okay, what do I really want? What I really want to do is travel with my family. What I really want to do is have more time than I have right now. Like I want to, and the, the real thing that opened my eyes when we did the calendar part, because when I started to put the things that I wanted, which really weren't material things, they were all based on time. When I started to fill out my week, the way I wanted my week to look, I realized there's not a whole lot of time left for business. So I, I better get damn good at business and figure out how to really make this thing work so that I don't have to do everything. And so that my life can be in this calendar somewhere that, that, and the other, I guess the other thing that was really big for me, which will hit that second category that we were talking about uh, a little bit ago, people who've been in business a little while and have some financial success. I think the piece that, that really stuck out to me was when Sean said, okay, now put a price tag on all of the things that you want. I put a price tag on all the things that I want. It didn't cost that much. So these huge goals, these massive numbers that I was trying to accomplish, they were all ego-driven numbers that had nothing whatsoever to do with what I wanted in my life. I looked at my wife and you're supposed to do these separate. So Bobby Joe and I had been doing these, these workbooks separate, but at the end, we could look at them together. So we started to look at them and they were basically the same. Guess what? My wife actually wanted me to be home crazy enough. My family wanted me to be home more. So I looked at this and I looked and she didn't have anything super expensive on there. I didn't have anything super expensive on there. I'm like, I looked at her and I said, babe, why the hell are we not living this right now? And it was that day that I changed. I started to change everything in my life so that I could live that because it was really not that complicated. That's a similar story, man. That's what happens with a lot of people. Just for clarification, for those of you that have not seen me do that, one of the things when we go through the vision process is you can always figure out that your vision is going to, for you to live your vision, it's going to cost you two things. There's all these benefits to living it, but it's going to cost you something too. And so it's going to cost you your time and your money, depending on what you write down that you want to be a part of your life and business. And so when, when you get that crystal clear, we can do two things with that. We can assign all of the things that you've written in your personal vision towards a pretend calendar 
And and the purpose of this, what Ron was talking about, is just to see if I were living it today, how long would it take each week to actually live it? And instead of putting all my business stuff on the calendar first, what would happen if I put all my personal vision and all of those elements on the calendar first? And what if I did the opposite of what everybody else did and fit in business with what's left? And man, when this was introduced to me years ago, it blew my mind. I'd never done it like this before. So when I did this, I've done this now with thousands of people across the country. When you're living your vision and your personal vision comes first and you look at that pretend calendar and you say, how much left do I have at the end of the week to actually work? I can tell you right now, it ain't 50 and 60 hours a week to work. I've done this with thousands of people all over the country. The average, get this, if you're living your personal vision, which means it's even clear in the first place, which most people don't have. If you're living it though, you only have between 22 on average and 32 hours left per week to work, which means now we can go to step number two. Now we can take all those elements from the vision. And let's say you did want a Bentley and you wanted a vacation home and you want to be able to travel seven times a year with your family and you wanted to be able to whatever, learn how to fly an airplane. You can take all of these things or you could spend quality time with your wife. Some of those aren't going to take money. Some of them are going to take money. But now we can add them up and figure out how much money does it actually cost to live your vision. Now we can build a business that requires you to work no less than, or I should say no more than let's say 32 hours a week or 28 hours a week or whatever it is that your number was. And the business has a purpose of making the money that you say you want it to make, which by the way, gives you I hate to say motivation because it's such an overused word, but it gives you the motivation that you need to overcome some of the hurdles that you're going to come up with in building a business. Mm -hmm. It's going to require you to get much better and much more focused in the, let's say, 26 hours a week that you are working in your business. And it's going to require you to stop doing stuff that you're not qualified to do. So this process changes all of the ways that you make decisions because you can't afford to make stupid moves now. Otherwise, your vision is going to suffer. And so it's like, it's like the law of substitution. I remember when the, I read the story about the gentleman who started at AA back in 1930s and people would come see him and say, I need to stop drinking. And the first thing he would do is hand him a drink and said, not today. <laughs> and they'd go, what? And he'd say, well, yeah, you don't, do you have anything that you like more than drinking? And the people would say, well, no, I really love drinking a lot. And he said, okay, well then don't quit until we found something to replace it that you love even more. Otherwise you're strong arming yourself into something that you don't even know if you want to do yet. But if you find something better than that, it won't be discipline. You know, you'll do it because you want the better thing more than you want the drinking. And so the same thing goes here. It's like, yep. if you want to get laser focused in your business, you got to have a reason to do so. And so having your vision crystal clear, as corny as that sounds, is the catalyst to making that happen. Because now when it's crystal clear, you can at, at least look and say, okay, this thing I'm building my business right now in a way that forces me to work, let's say 50 hours a week. Well, at least now you can consciously look and say, okay, well, which of these other aspects of my personal life am I willing to give up for it? My time with my family, my time with my hobbies, my health, you know? And so now it's got a little bit of logic behind it and gives you something motivated to work towards, if that makes sense. So talk about that a little bit, Ron. So how did that change? You you started making different decisions from there on out and you had to go from maybe working whatever hours of working per week before you had to figure out how to reduce that. And, and also at the same time, you're building a business. And so you've got like all kinds of stuff going on and decisions to make. How did having your vision now affect your decision-making? Well, there's this crazy thing that happens in your head when you get super clear on something like that. It allows you to think 
outside the box. I mean, most business owners are visionary type people. Like we're problem solvers. That's the reason we're in business. So now I just have a different problem to solve. This is there. It changed the problem. Hmm. So now I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I grow this business? Well, and the other thing is, is that I already had like, I said, oh, okay. So in order for me to live my vision, it only costs me this much. So I, I don't need to make $10 million a year to live my vision. I only need this much. So now I'm like, okay, well, if I want to live my vision more than I want to tell everybody that I make $10 million a year, then, well, then I just, first I have to focus on this number and that was it. And then I was like, okay, well, if I already have this number, then I can make necessary changes in my business immediately that allow me to have more time. And for some people that that's going to be hiring another person to help run your business and do the things that some of the things that you like to do, but you don't have to do. And you reserve the things for the, that that you're really good at that, that kind of only you can do, which is such a lie. I mean, that, that's just a lie anyway, <laughs> but the things you think only you can do and chop the rest of it out and just delegate it to other people. And that's how you free up time and tell people all the time. Everybody says you have the same 24 hours in a day. That's not true. I think that goes back to ego again. Like I, I really wanted to yeah. pinpoint how you hit ego on your vision. Right. And then now, yeah, the person that says, Hey, I need to do this or I want it done right. So I'm going to put in all the work and efforts. That's yeah. ego again. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's, it's a disease amongst entrepreneurs because yeah. When you, when you first start out, so to go back to talking to the people who are just starting out, you are the person who does everything. Mm -hmm. the, and so you think we've all done it, right? So I'm including me in the you. You think that you're the only one qualified to do this stuff because you're the one who's been doing it the whole time. But if you say that, you're lying to yourself. There are people who are more qualified than you to do almost everything that you do. There's only a small amount that you can do better than nearly everyone else. And that's the part you should focus on. Now, and in that's the, the beginning, part for most people that don't feel like work, actually, usually what they're really yep. good at. Yep. But now I've also seen a lot of people don't give themselves permission to do only that because a lot of times when they're that good at one particular thing and it doesn't feel like work, it almost feels like they're. I don't want to say cheat in the system, but kind of, it's like, how dare me only do that? Cause it's, I actually like doing that. Well, and you know not only I mean? that, Sean, but the other piece that I had a really hard time with for a while is I have all of these people at the office and they're working for the team. And if I'm not there, I felt guilty. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I did. One day I came, I came in at the time, the person who was, kind of my right hand her name was Angela and I, I I told her I'm like so what if I weren't here she's like what do you mean I'm like well what if I just didn't come to the office I, I don't know what you mean Ron I'm like well I mean just like if I just don't come nothing changes I'm like why don't we just give it a shot let's just let's just let's just do that for a little while. I'm just not going to come <laughs> because guys, here, here's what I was doing. Like when I finally started to do this and delegate things out, 
I would literally go to the office. I would get my work done in an hour or two. And I would sit there because I felt I didn't want to leave because everybody else was there. Right. And I felt like I'm the guy who's supposed to be there first. I'm the guy who's supposed to leave last. And if I'm not that guy, something's wrong. Well, that's an idiot. I was an idiot because it turns out when I actually asked Angela, I, I said, so if I'm not here, what happens? She goes, generally, we get more done if you're not here. So mm-hmm. we don't really need you here. Now, if your whole identity is wrapped up in your business, when you work yourself out of your business, that is a problem mentally, emotionally. So that's one of the things that I was, I wish I had known earlier that my identity wasn't my business. It's funny because you go ask when you go ask somebody, hey, like if I if I ask somebody that I don't know, like, hey, so who are you? Tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Instantly, what do people do? Talk about what they do. They talk about what they do. That's not what I ask. I ask who who they were. But somebody asked me that one time. I think it was actually in your mastermind, Sean. I think it was Darren. Who are you? And I sat there for a minute and I was like, well, how do I describe this without saying RP Capital or <laughs> you know any of my other businesses? Who I am is independent of my business. I do not need that for my ego anymore, but I used to big time. So the separation of that ego is really, really important because if I'm, if I'm honest with myself, I'm saying, I want to live this life over here. Then once I, I make it so that I have the time to live this life over here, I, I should be living it. And I shouldn't, and I shouldn't feel ashamed that I'm not working. I do things in my, you know, few hours a day that other people don't do. And because of that, because I'm solving problems, I'm able to leverage the hours of many other people and the talents of many other people. And I bring them along with me and I let everybody level up. So because of that, I don't feel bad. I feel great that I get to spend all the time I spend with my wife and with my kids playing on the boat and I'll have meetings on my boat, but I don't, I don't work as many hours as most entrepreneurs. And it's specifically because I sat down and I wrote down what I want my life to look like. And so my business doesn't do as much as a lot of other business owners, but I don't care because there's very few people who can go take their boat out in the middle of the day, whenever they feel like it and not have to worry about it. There's very few people who can do that, but I can do that. Let me be clear on that too, because I want to make sure that anybody listening doesn't hear a misconception that comes up a lot. Ron has now incorporated this into what he's done and he's incorporated it into his team as well. So he's not just sitting here saying, Hey, I'm going to go have a great life off the backs of all of his staff. His staff's not allowed to work 60, 70 hours a week either. And he's incorporated the vision stuff into what he does around the office. And, and part of that is making sure that if you have a team or if you'd like to build a team that all of the people who are in the roles that they're in, their roles are part of their vision as well. And so since everybody's got such different skill sets, Ron is very, very good at the lane that he stays in in business. 
And then he's got people around him that are really, really good at different lanes. And so the idea is to have everybody live in their vision, everybody working towards a common company vision, but using everybody's roles within that company to help honor and fulfill their own personal vision as well. And so if you're, if you think this is just selfishly to, to fix the problems of the business owner and have a great life off the backs of everybody else, that's not what we're talking about here at all. No, um, as a matter of fact, I don't have employees. I have team members and what I get to do, they get to do. So when I take a vacation, I just got back from a 24 day vacation in Europe. I did not take one phone call for work. I did not answer one email from work. I talked to zero people about work. And when my team members go on vacation, we've cross-trained people who can take over for them so that they can actually go on vacation. I find it really funny that some business owners out there think that their assistant should just never have a vacation. Yeah. They should be on call all the time. So if they're in Lake Tahoe and I need something, well then damn it, they should, they should have their phone on. And if they're with the family, they should just go do this one thing real quick and then they can go back to their vacation. That's not a vacation, right? That's in a vacation destination still working is what that is. That's not a vacation. And everybody needs to unplug for a while and have some downtime. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen often enough. But like Sean said, it doesn't in, in my company. And the other thing that I've built in there is I, A, I taught them the vision process that Sean taught me. I taught it to them in my, in our quarterly meetings. And I tell them to do their own personal vision. It's, it sounds, it sounds crazy, but the majority of the country, majority of the world, really, it's not in their vision to own a business. They don't want the stress. They don't want the pressure. It's in their vision to have a, a good job where they have the ability to grow, learn more things and be on a team that's doing something that they approve of, that they can get behind. And this whole lions versus sheep, this whole us versus them thing is really counterproductive because we're all on the same team. I happen to take huge risks to get where I am that most of the people on my team don't want to do. And that's perfectly fine, right? I should big risk, big reward, little risk, little reward, but there should still be a reward. They should stay, still have a vision. They still get to live the vision that they want to live, right? I'm not taking anything. I'm actually providing an opportunity for them to grow and every business owner should do that in my opinion i love this because i'm guilty of a lot of things and i'm sure a lot of people listening are gonna you're gonna hit a, a lot of points here to a lot of people and i always looked at it right because i have an assistant on vacation now and then our operations manager is going to be getting married and honeymoon and all that stuff right so already in my head i'm like oh shoot <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> so that's like a i gotta fix things within my business but then i didn't even really you know what like what you just said, Ron, it's like, is it even fair to them that they got to feel like they got to be answering their phones or checking on emails? Like my assistant's doing some things like at night, I'll notice things popping off. I didn't ask for it, but they just, I appreciate that. But like, they don't, I don't want them to feel like they have to do that to 
keep their job or I don't even know. Like, so it even makes me feel like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm like, that's a great perspective. Like not to well, have and it's, team feel and like they have to work. I'd love to say that I've been perfect at this my whole career, but I haven't. It's when this really hit me as I had a real visceral reaction to the lions versus sheep thing. I had a real visceral reaction to that. And the reason is because I don't think that, I mean, as a business owner, you take on so much risk that you, you have to sometimes feel like a lion and you do sometimes have to feel like you're fighting a fight against a whole, maybe a whole bunch of lions, right? And so you, you kind of have to wear this armor that says I'm tougher than everybody else. But unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs buy into the fact that it's lions versus sheep and that the people who are workers are sheep. And my gosh, what a horrible thing to say about the people on your team. But I don't think most people realize that's what they're saying. And when that happened, I was like, okay, do I treat my team like a bunch of sheep? And the answer is, unfortunately, I used to. And man, that's unfortunate. But I can tell you this, those of you who are listening and who are now going, holy crap, do I do that? And you realize that you are, you will never have a more loyal team ever than if you switch, just make a switch. Like, and I mean like flipping a switch, turn into a sheepdog, care for the sheep instead of wanting to slaughter the sheep, right? <laughs> Just change it up a little bit. Here's the other piece of the story that in 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 the way that it's told doesn't work. What if you can turn sheep into sheepdogs? Which in in life, you know, out there you can't do, but in business, you absolutely can do. You can take someone who doesn't know very much, you can build them up. Why would you not want to build everybody on your team into a leader? Because if you do, they can lead other people, which is the only way that your business is going to grow. It's self-sabotaging to do the lions versus sheep thing. So just selfishly change it because it's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for everybody else. But if you're selfish, just selfishly change it anyway, because it's it's self-sabotaging to do it the other way. Right. And so anyway, lions are really the... lazy and the and the women are the ones doing the hunting anyway. Right. And they all hunt in a pride. They don't hunt like alone. Like it, it always, there's only, only always one lion. Right. I'm completely deviated from the vision thing, but that's what started me on the path to creating a vision for my team. Why shouldn't they have a vision if I have one? It's not like a business owner only thing. Everybody should have a vision. Love it. Well, and to that point. So there's a old saying, I don't remember which speaker said this years ago. Somebody said, what happens What happens if we spend all this money on training our people and they leave? And the speaker was like, well, what happens if you don't spend any money on training and they stay? I think it was <laughs> Richard way Branson. To evaluate the, yeah. And, and I look at that with the vision too. It's like, I get people, business owners all the time say, what if I, what if I take some of my people, even independent contractors or employees or team members or whatever they call them what if i take them through this process and through their them discovering their own vision they decide that this role isn't for them and i said good yeah i'd I, rather help yeah. somebody on my team get the role that is the greatest fit for them than keep them in the role that i need them for and have a miserable that's not going to do anything mm -hmm. to build my team that being said i want to take a left turn because there's 
I'm hearing all these objections in my head based on what listener I'm turning myself into. So if I'm a if I'm a newer person in business, Rana, I might have mistakenly heard you just say, well, you can't ever get to where you want to be until you have people on your team. And I can't afford people on my team yet. It's just me and I'm starting out. So, you know, what are you, what are you talking about? Delegate? I can't, I can't afford to delegate right now. And so what do you say to that person who's starting out, you know, maybe they still even have a job and they're like, man, I want more freedom, but I've also got to some degree, what I call the golden handcuffs, where it's like, I make good money at my job and I'm not absolutely miserable, but I'm not really happy either. So what do you, what do you say to that guy? I can't just yeah, dish it so out the, employees. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, I already said one thing, which is in the beginning of your business, you are going to have to work really, really hard. Okay. The thing that the, but the, the thing that the vision does in the beginning of when you have to work really, really hard is it allows you that when you're problem solving, you're problem solving for the right thing. Otherwise, you're going to problem solve your way into larger problems. It's kind of like it's kind of like a, a a married couple that's having challenges in their marriage, and they come up and they 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 just go, "Oh, we should have a kid. That'll make everything better. We should just have a, a kid. And if we have a kid, well, we should probably have another one because that'll make." And that's what entrepreneurs do. They're like, man, I really don't like the way that this is working right now. I don't have very much time. I should probably add another thing. That's literally what entrepreneurs do. And if you don't have a personal vision, what ends up happening is you create this monster that controls you and you don't even know what happened. You just get down the road a few years and you're like, man, I'm making money, but I have no time. And Hopefully you get to the point where you have that before you get to the point where you come home and your wife and children are gone or your husband is gone or whatever. And Sean and I know people who've shown up at home after they get back from a trip and their family is gone and they didn't even know it was coming because they were so self-absorbed and business absorbed, which is the same thing. That they, that they just didn't realize that everyone else in their life was miserable. And why? It's because they didn't build a business that supports the personal vision. So I wish, and I wouldn't change anything because I'm, I'm where I'm at because of all the problems that I've been through. But thank goodness I actually got a hold of this vision thing in enough time to spend time with my, with my wife and my family. And if we've got enough time. I'll just really quickly, like one of the things that really made a difference in, in shifting my, my thought, I was already going that way, but I, I turned on the fuel is because I almost lost my wife. She almost died three times in one week. And things get really clear when something like that happens in your life. What I'm hoping is that the message that Sean has delivered, the one that we're delivering to you today, hits you before your wife leaves or someone special to you dies and you wish you had spent more time. Those are the things that, I, I hope you don't have to have a life occurrence like that, like I did, so that you wake up. I'm hoping that today, as you're listening, you're going, okay, I'm a new person in business, or I've got a job, 
This is what I want my vision to look like. Now, how can I actually make that happen? The how-to piece becomes much simpler when you know what in the world it is that you're trying to, to, to get. If you don't know what you're trying to get, you're going to create something, I promise, that is not what you want. I've done it like four or five times before I figured it out. I oh, mean, no, that, yeah, man, that, that hit home, man. And I'm sure it hit home for a lot of people going through it now or about to experience it potentially. So we, you know what I mean? Or experiencing it. And yeah, man, the family part or leave people leaving their family. That, yeah, that was pretty deep. So I'm going to try to slowly come up and raise the energy and talk about the anniversary from uh, <laughs> that part uh, coming up. <laughs> So if any of this hit home in any way, you can meet Sean in person. He's coming to Ezria's 21st anniversary coming up Monday, November 13th and Scottsdale at Venue 8600. And then we're you're also going to come down to Tucson with us to see our Tucson chapter of November 14th, which is a Tuesday at the Tucson Association of Realtors. And, and what's great about this is first and foremost, it's our anniversary. So we're celebrating, right? And we have all our business associates. They bought us food. They bought raffle prizes. I mean, computers, Phoenix Suns tickets, Waste Manager Open Golf tickets. So we're, we're going to be giving away tens of thousands of dollars worth of prizes to our members. And mainly we're doing that, not because it's our anniversary, but we're doing it for Maggie's Place, which is a shelter for single mothers, right? So they need supplies Very cool. uh, for their kids and everything for themselves and a place to stay, food, everything. So by we have a list of donations. If you bring those donations to the meeting on Monday and Tuesday night, you will get raffle tickets to win these prizes. So like I said, join us. And most importantly, you're going to get that vision, that that presentation from Sean. You're going to meet him personally that night as well. So it's going to be packed of great, packed night of great things, two two nights in a row. Anything you want to say about that night when you're here? Which you'll, I know we've kind of broke, started going into what you'll be talking about. But any anything else you want to mention, Sean? Yeah, the only the other thing I'll add is I'm gonna I'm gonna be breaking this down into actual steps that you can do while we're there. So I know we've talked about a lot of thousand foot view of things, but. When I get there, I'm going to go over the four, there's four steps to pulling this off and I'm going to break each one down into great detail. So come prepared to take lots of great notes and uh, I'll show you the whole recipe and you'll leave there with some implementable things that you can actually do. So it should be good. And the, and the great thing about the event is when Sean was here two years ago, <clears throat> we had that we had to purchase a new venue, right? Because the there was an overwhelming response where we were going to plan to have it. We had too many people, so we had to get more space. So just to let you all know that limited space is definitely going to be avail is available. So you need to make sure this is something which you need to do. We all need to do it. You need to make sure you be there and get your ticket ASAP. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's a wrap, man. And Ron, thank you for being here, man. Gr great message. Great story. Yes. Maybe we can get you on another episode and kind of dive a little bit deeper. Happy great, to. great stuff, man. Thank you so much. And thanks for bringing him on, Sean. Yeah, man. Looking forward to seeing you guys in a couple of weeks. Good to awesome, see you guys. Bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. So thank you all. Yep. Thanks, thank Ron. Thank you all for being, for being loyal listeners to the Asria show. We will love a five-star review. That way you can let me and Mike know that the information that we're bringing to you, the content that we're bringing to you is definitely uh, needed in your life. So I thank you, Ron. Thank you, Sean. You guys drove home some key points. And I know that the room is going to fill up and sell out because everyone needs to plan and prepare for the next year and not just the year before their life and their ambitions and their dreams going forward. So you all know what to do. Get out there, take massive action, go to asria.org. If you have any questions about the classes that we hold or anything like that, and then feel free to join us on Facebook. 
all of our handles are at Azria. So make sure you follow us, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, Twitter. We're all over the place. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to The Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.